What's up, tea amigos? Welcome to Fresh Steeps, the show dedicated to uncovering the health benefits of tea for your active life. My name is Vince Lapalusa. I'm a tea lover and chemical engineer with a passion for healthy practices, and I'm honored to guide this tea journey for you. Today, I talked with Connor Milstein, founder of Inside Out Movement Systems, aka ISO Movement Systems. We all know the benefits of movement and the importance of fitness. We want to do what we love without pain or restriction. ISO Movement Systems envisions a new definition of sustainable health and wellness, one that doesn't conform to the standard fitness model, but instead insists on constantly raising the bar. They prioritize competition, play, and improvisation. They believe in strength over size, dynamic over static, action over reaction, and information over ignorance. Connor and I dug deep into what this all means, how the style of fitness is the next evolution of longevity practices, and how the chemistry of tea and herbs plays a major role in our health and longevity. Tune in to learn some simple tactics on how to live healthier and longer, and who knows, this may be part one of a series Connor and I do? So sit back, relax, grab your tea, and enjoy the show. Hey, Teamigos. Before getting into the show, I wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsors. Hey, Teamigos. I have a very important question for you. Do you want to see some titties? No, not those titties. I'm talking about titties. That's right. Titties is a loose-leaf tea company that donates 5% of monthly sales to the Breast Cancer Research Foundation to support research and awareness programs. With fun blends like It's Lit Fam, Sips Tea, and Big Yikes, Titties has the breast tea guaranteed. Or you're funny back. If you like to laugh, want to support a great cause, and sip some delicious tea, then you are going to love Titties. Plus, listeners of the Team Migos podcast can also get 20% off their first order with promo code TMIGOS. So go check out their titties by visiting titties.com, that's T-I-T-T-E-A-S.com, and get your hands on some titties today. Connor, welcome to the show. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing quite well. I'm yeah. having a great weekend. Uh, quite happy, joyous time with family, time training. Mm. enjoying the weather broke over here so it's like full-on fall at this point yeah uh, so sun's shining but we're lacking humidity and that kick and heat which i actually prefer uh, mm-hmm. but it's a happy time everyone's you know everyone's out and about jumping around working out yes yeah this is Absolutely. a perfect time to get outside get outdoors and work out because you're not overheating you don't have to really stress about the the heat stress and all that crap, it's just you get some good, good temperatures, good flows, get a nice hour-long workout outside, and you're good for the day. You're good. Totally. But I want to jump into this pretty much like right right from the get-go. So I guess first off, can you tell everybody and give me a little bit more of your background of what brought you here to where you're, you're at with uh, Inside Out Movement? But let's start with just you personally. What's your sure. background? Yeah, sure, sure. My my background. I kind of grew up in the fitness industry. Uh, my mother, she was always she did aerobics, yoga. She was a masseuse, uh, personal trainer. She she was always in the industry herself. My dad was a bodybuilder, and uh, he probably was training people as well. Yeah. So I was always in gyms. I, I never, um, I can't remember a time in my life where my earliest memories were in gyms like my, my daycares were in gyms my, my everything was was in and around fitness and um i've always been super active into sports and that kind of just yielded or cultivated a a passion or a natural coaching tendency where as soon as it became of age i started to get to the gym with my good friends and because i'd been used to it and gone through um, you know, basic bodybuilding, strength training, yoga classes, aerobics classes. I'd already been through all that. So by the time I was about 12, 13, I was able to train people. Right? So I started to just go with my friends and they would, we'd just be working out together and I'd be able to, to build this workout. And that led into uh, the natural 
carry over into sports. And I was like, okay, well, you know, athletes work out and then they go, that improves their, their game and their performance. So I'm going to go ahead and do the same thing. I would like to be able to play, uh, what was my, my dreams were basketball back then. That, that was my, my number one sport. Yeah. I was, I wanted to play in the NBA one day. So I was like, all right, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll start to train now. And by the time I get older, I'll be, I'll be really strong and athletic and ready to go. Yeah. And, um, so I progressed into, by the time I was in eighth grade, pretty much, I had stopped growing completely. I was 5'10". I was like, all right, I'm like, <laughs> there goes that dream. All right. So, um, but at this point, you know, I'm thick, stout, and and basically designed perfect for something like football. Yeah. So I, I pick up American football. Uh, my body type, like I said, lended to it quite well. So I, I was able to perform decently without uh putting out too much effort and as a lazy lazy kid that was a great yeah combo. i was like all right this is awesome <laughs> what position yeah <laughs> i started i was playing linebacker I, I went to a really tiny high school so we had to play okay. kind of if you're athletic you had to play everywhere for the most yeah. part uh sure. but but i went to college for linebacker okay nice as, yeah nice. that's where where that ended so you know i evolved from basic bodybuilding uh to kind of strength training or sports sports specific strength training into powerlifting. And then um, after I quit playing football, that's when things kind of shifted towards the more functional movement side of things right. uh, through necessity. And mm-hmm. at that point, my body was uh, absolutely wrecked. You know, I was, but definitely by the time I was 21 was when I, when I got suggested to get a hip replacement and they're like, you know, they're like, dude, your hips, completely worn you've been lifting on it for 12 years at this point and probably not well and um mm-hmm. you know playing sports four seasons year-round so you, you know you're probably gonna need a hip replacement in the next couple of years so i was like all right Please. well yeah <laughs> at 21 that's so unheard of right this doesn't add up uh so i you know politely declined and and that's when everything really started all right that's when when I took off, um, this, I decided that I was going to learn everything that I possibly could about the human body so that I just no longer needed to rely on people's advice towards, towards my own health. Right. And it was, mm. that was the most to do with what kicked off this, this whole journey over the last eight year, eight, nine years here Yeah, was, uh, the, deci- you know, people, I work very, I work myself very, very hard. I, just in, in all aspects of life. I love to burn the candle at both ends. Uh, I, I like to overstress myself. I, I love it. So instead, of, I got tired of hearing people saying stop. So I was like, all right, well, you know, maybe they're right. They're looking out for me. Maybe I should be, take it a little slower. And then I put some more thought into it. And then I was like, wait, what if I just increased my capacity for stress? And then mm. could, I, could I continue to take it on? And I look around, I research, there's very few people actually talking about this type of thing at this point. This is, what is this, you know, 2010, 2011, something like that. There's very, okay. very few people talking about this at this point. So yeah. uh, there wasn't much. And I was like, you know what? I'm a pretty skeptical person, uh, and uh, right, just naturally. So I was like, I'm going to go ahead and figure this one out for myself. I'm, I'm going to use myself as an experiment. I'm going to learn literally everything I can about the human body and then apply it through a physical lens and train myself towards whatever that direction might be. I don't know what it'll look like, but mm-hmm. I'm going to go and take this on. And, uh, you know, thankfully, it turned it, – it worked. It was successful. Yeah. And that's that's where – my recent dive into hard sciences actually came in with with chemistry, physics, uh, orgo, biochem, all of it. I, I went and learned it all in the last couple of years. So the uh, yeah, it's super super cool how it all came together. But for from the zoomed out standpoint, it was sports, basic lifting training, sports specific training, speed and agility, um, all the way through into. When I, when I quit football and wanted to change my body and change how I felt, I started with mm-hmm. distance running and yoga, uh, mm-hmm. thinking that the balance between yoga, running, and lifting would just be like the perfect little mix there. And I think that's mm-hmm. where most of the industry is at this point. I was a, sure. little, a little bit in front of that just because I had been you – know, I grew up in it and just had the, the reps and exposure to get there naturally. Yeah. And uh, we can go long into this later. 
but that actually is a is a uh, substandard balance. You you don't want to do something like that. You end up you end up all of them taking away from each other as opposed to creating mm. a nice balanced structure. And it's a, it's a super interesting. This is where people start to be like, oh, really? Because <laughs> lo- logically, right? If you put one thing on one end of the scale and an equal thing on the other, it balances. It ba- yeah. Right. However, that's not how nature works. Right. So how nature creates balance is more forcibly where it's not it's not placing one thing here and placing one thing here it's always working in two directions and the work in the two directions is what creates the balance yes. right there's, there's it's always looking for equilibrium right where logically the human brain which is quite lazy and looks for comfort at any given point mm-hmm. is like nah let's just keep these two here and you know that's it we're good i got yoga we got lifting somewhere running somewhere in between because i know i should do it and it, it keeps me burning calories keeps me thin mm-hmm. right uh, however that actually leads to uh, a stability right and as as you know probably from studying chemistry once it, once a compound or, or a, a reaction reaches stability there's mm-hmm. actually no more energy being spent there's, there's no change being made right and yeah. I, I didn't have words for that until recently but that's what I, that's what ends up happening. When you create that kind of balance, you actually end up stagnating your physical results. And what happens when mm. you, when you stagnate something that's organic, it dies off. And that's, that's what started to happen with my body as I started to create that balance. That's what led to the next evolution was, all right, I get it. Um, we want to be balancing, not because not by putting two things on opposite ends and hoping that they equal, it's actually going to be building towards those opposite ends. And in that building, you're creating the balance that you're looking for in the body. Yeah. And the results that I found physically are phenomenal. You know, we're talking, we're talking mobility, strength, explosiveness, speed, durability, flexibility. Right? I don't stretch. I stretch zero days a week. Um, mm. it, I don't need to lift. I don't you're talking to, like static stretching? No static stretches. Yeah. I don't think I own a weight above 80 pounds, right? When, when, but if my 16-year-old self would be laughing at myself and making, right. <laughs> making, making fun of myself at this point. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I couldn't tell you the last time I picked up a weight that's, that's over 80 pounds probably. Yeah. And, and yeah, so sorry. But the like, so all of this culminated to what you call inside-out movement systems, correct? Like all of this, and, every step of the way. Yeah. And so... I think just reading through your website and kind of like the um, definition that you like to think of what is inside out movement systems, you talk about it as a new definition of sustainable health and wellness that varies from the standard. And I think that standard like health and wellness is what you're talking about of like the weightlifting, yoga and running. Is that correct? Correct. Industry standard. Industry one, standard. One thing I missed in um in that background, I kept it super fitness focused. Yeah. I, however, that fitness actually is not my first love. Business is my first love. Mm. Most of my education, um, it, three three out of the four degrees I have are in business. Okay. I only have one in sciences. Okay. So yeah, business entrepreneurship is actually my first love. So I love this study. I've been studying the fitness industry for since I was about you know. Four or five, six years old. I lo- I've loved it. Been infatuated with it. Um, mm. I find it to be to be such an. Uh, it's so funny to me that you know we have we have a shelf life, right? There's yeah. only we have a limited amount of time. I just find it absolutely absurd that fitness or health isn't the first thing that all of us take on. It, it just doesn't right. make any sense whatsoever. Right. Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to go ahead and learn what's going to keep me in the game for a while. And yeah. then I'll worry about the rest of the life stuff. What, so ha- what happened was that learning just led me through into a career. Well, and you talk about using or burning both candle or a candle yeah, at burning, both ends. Yeah. And it's like people who do that, but don't focus on the fitness, you're just starting with a smaller candle or mm-hmm. it's like a, yeah, I guess I'd say you're starting with a smaller candle, whereas like you, you're not focusing on fitness, but you also have these business type uh, career or goals. And you're with the fitness, you're actually expanding the candle. 
like it's it's adding more wax so now you're able to burn for a longer period of time and now you reach your 80s 90s uh in age and you're still mentally there you're still physically there where maybe you're not like too active in let's say if you grow um grow iso movement systems into a big multi-billionaire or billion dollar company you're maybe not like the active ceo but like you're there. You're still cognitively there. You're 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 acting with it. Whereas people who don't focus on this, they're maybe don't even make it to that to that. That's age. So, exactly. You you got to do the work to stay in the game. And once you exactly. can stay in the game, we can start to have a conversation about your performance and what you would like to do, and so on and so forth. Yeah, that was a good way to put it. So you start. So when do you actually start ISO movement systems? Like in this timeline. Mm-hmm. The first time, um, that, that's a, that's a great question actually. So there's been, there's been, it's an, it's an evolving process. So think about first, let's just take ISO movement systems, uh, and explain that a little bit. I think that'll help. Yeah, definitely. ISO movement systems, inside out movement systems is just a, a book, right? There's nothing more, mm. uh, the, the business model itself is actually going to run as a different business. The there's there's one two three three different businesses that are all going to run utilizing inside out movement systems. My okay. focus in my twenties over the last decade is building this book. I want the mm-hmm. system done. So it's like like building out a motor, right? I'm building mm-hmm. out a motor that's going to last. This motor is now going to live through the next couple evolutions of the fitness industry. Because right, I've been studying okay. this industry forever, I'm able to predict with with really high correlation where this is going. So what I did was I built uh, multiple steps for the next evolutions of uh, the fitness industry itself, so that the the book itself will be relevant for for probably our whole lifetime. Hopefully, of course, much longer. But yeah, until it evolves. Exactly. So what I did was inside out movement systems because. It came, it was operating out of the, a physical space in Philadelphia for a little while, right? <laughs> so um, this, this puppy kicked off. I was living in New Orleans, right? Okay. And then I moved back up north after I finished, my, after I finished grad school. Yeah. And then I moved back up north and I basically, I, I had two job offers in my hand. Right? One was a handwritten, um, a handwritten like... Uh, you know, IOU basically from, <laughs> yeah. from this guy that, that had a studio, his name's Pete Mattis, yeah. lovely individual. He, he had, he offered basically to cover my bills, right? I'm making like seven bucks an hour, eight bucks an hour type of deal mm-hmm. with three degrees, including a master's. <laughs> uh, and then I had, you know, leather bound finance offers with a suit and yeah, you know, I'm yep. looking at the two, and I don't even think twice. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm going, I'm going handwritten notes. Let's go. I love it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it it was a good opportunity. He was he had just had some some business relationships fall through, and um, and it was right place, right time. Where I was like given an opportunity to run this thing. I all of a sudden I had a brick and mortar um, with physical equipment in there that okay. I could do whatever I want with. There was no really, there was no existing client base at the time. Yeah. And I was like, all right, you know, just come pay me enough to cover my bills. I'll move into my aunt's house. So I don't have to pay rent and yep. uh, we'll, we'll run from there. And that's where inside out movement systems really started to sink its teeth in. Mm. So the, the evolution of the program has come since then. It came, the background was in, was from my history. Yep. And then this guy, Pete, added in an eye for detail in um, alignment and skeletal focuses, mm, right? So okay. you now I add this in, right? I learned, I'm a uh, quick learner. I'm, I became quite a student over the last 10 years. So I learned that very fast. And then yeah. as soon as I got that in there, I was like, well, what's next? Yeah. And I continued to evolve the program into now what we're seeing today. So Inside Out Movement Systems program has been technically evolving for 30 years, 20 years, 20 years, something like that. How the program itself, I would say, started five years ago, I think it's say 2016. Okay. 2016. Okay. And awesome. what, what it is now. And now at this point, it's a, a full-blown system. 
able mm-hmm. to handle pain management, partial modification, and general athletic performance with a rate of results that's tops in the world, also without any equipment whatsoever. So uh, you don't need any that you, you are able to complete your partial modification or pain management program without having anything at all. Yeah, completely I mean, I you're, body weight. You're sitting on a yoga mat. You got some right. kettlebells, like you said, maybe go up to 80 pounds, and like that's it. And then you have the club, which I did want to ask you about mm-hmm. that piece of equipment because you're the only person I've ever seen utilize it, and you utilize it in such a unique and fancy way that I'm yeah. I'm drawn to it. So we'll, we'll talk about that whether maybe a little bit when we dig into like the actual movements that you like to work with, but. Um, totally. No, I, I think that's fascinating. And, and especially in this time where, especially because COVID per, forced us to, especially those who want to be fit and, fit and active, it forced you kind of get creative because a lot of not, not a lot of people had a, a home gym. So it's like, okay, what am I going to do? How am I going to work through this? Like, I know personally, I just started doing a lot of trail running. I started like just running around in the backyard with my brother and like right. trying to figure out stuff like that. And like, luckily I was with my brother so we could do jujitsu and stuff like that and train nice. um, those types of, of movements. But it, yeah, it's, it's weird. And a lot of this, you don't need a lot of space. Like, like I said, you need like a yoga mat space and ability to like reach out and, and that's it. Yeah, so accessibility yeah. factor. That's, that's uh, ISO movement systems. Number one value is accessibility. <laughs> That's, mm. that's key. If you're not accessible to change, there's, there, there's no point in starting. That's where the work mm. begins then. Right. Meaning sure. internal access stuff you got to do inside external access resources, equipment, stuff like that. Yeah. I made sure that was taken care of completely. I don't want any excuses basically. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. No reason not to be able to work on yourself. Exactly. I love that. That's, that's beautiful. So, For people, I guess, when you think of who this system is for, is this a system that's kind of for everyone? Because I know you train some high-level people, but when, yeah, kind of who do you think of when you think of... Uh, Actually, no, the system is not built for high-level athletes. The system is actually, my target market is actually the exact opposite. My target market is going to be your average, your general fitness consumer. Um, that's what, that, what this initial model is built out for. But like I told you, as, as everything develops around the inside out brand, you're going to see it spin off into a couple different directions so that I can communicate to multiple markets without saying this is for everyone, right? Because that's, that's not really true. Um, the, the demographic is for is, is very broad. Absolutely. But from a psychographic standpoint, it's, it's actually quite narrow, because it's it's for a grouping of individuals that's made what I call a longevity switch, meaning they've mm-hmm. decided or understand that they their ability to stay in the game, as we were saying, must be their number one value if we want to even talk about accomplishing any or any goal really. Right. right. If you can't stay in the game, there's only one way to guarantee you don't get better at jujitsu, and that's get hurt. That's the only way to guarantee it. Mm-hmm. So that should be the number one concern. You have yeah. to find out a way to get your body to a point where you can train as much as you'd like, goal dependent, and not hurt yourself. Yeah, right, so that's I, where it starts. Yeah, I, I chuckle at that because I, as I was telling you before, I'm currently going through another injury. That uh, yeah, it's a torn pec tendon, and it's like one of those like where, of course, after these injuries happen, you're like you start to think, and you're like, okay what could I have done differently to prevent this? Like what, like what got me to this point? Cause unfortunately with these tears that I have, it's like where I don't feel confident. Maybe like, like you got the whole hip replacement You're you need a hip replacement. I've been told I need surgery and just talking with a multitude of people. They're like, just do the surgery. It's, it's worth it. Like when you're reconnecting a tendon or, or a ligament, like it's worth it for those things. Um, and so I am getting the surgery, but like, like I said, like, I'm like, oh man, like, what am I doing? Like, is it because of the wear and tear? I too have had the um, years of athletics and so I can remember I was growing up playing sports and is it that? Is it just like you said, the weightlifting, the running, the long distance running that I've done in my life? So 
I yeah, I'm I'm like with you when it comes to these things, and these are the things yeah, that was, go through my mind. I was going to say, so you, the 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 um, tip that you just gave that tells me that you have made a longevity switch was was the very first reaction you had when you were told that that there's something wrong, right? The, there's two ways that goes. There's two ways that goes. There's people that say, what can I do better? Mm-hmm. And there's people that say, this person hurt me or mm. I'm going to rely on this to get better. Yeah. Right. That is who my business is for. That is yeah. exactly what that's for. And the people that say, how can I, what can I, what could I have done better? Even if, whether it's your, your fault or not your fault. Right. There's, there's two ways people go about that. And that is what I call the longevity switch. That is what the business is for. I love that. I love that. And that's just something in my life. I'm accountable for me. Like, and what's like, I'm about, yeah, I had someone cranking on my arm at maybe a weird angle. And had they not done that? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. But also had maybe I been more flexible, like just literally three days before that I hit like a, and I don't really like work out, like we said, like the standard Mm -hmm. way too much anymore, but I did like a chest workout, like a normal, just a lot of reps, high, like heavier weight. Mm -hmm. Like my chest was sore and then that happened. So I'm like, hmm, did that have something to play into it? I don't, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day too, I don't want to dwell on it, but I also (laughs) want to learn from it so that i can prevent my man yeah (laughs) it's my man exactly that's (laughs) you have the exact right mindset you have the exact right mindset to make a permanent change that i get Mm -hmm. the pleasure of telling people that you know i love when i get to uh but i also love when i when i don't you know either way it's a learning experience and within that learning experience there is growth and change just in the conversation just nothing even has to happen for you to for you to gain some type of knowledge from that, which I favorite part about my job right there. Yeah. No, I love that. So take me through some of the movements, some of the like functional base things that you believe are like at the core of this inside out type program. The movements themselves. So let's explain this. This is, this is going to be, this is going to be super different in, in, been a lot of things you've heard for sure. Okay. I keep getting a call. Yeah. No worries. This, this is, is where my approach goes quite different. All right. The, the way that I approach people's movement is not in a linear fashion. All right. So I don't think movement a movement B movement C movement D and step through in that linear cause. What I, what I look for is actually the origin of mm-hmm. where a movement would have come from. Right. Mm, so okay. I go, I go actually in a layer system. Right. So my focus is on evolution and embryology. So what I, what I'm watching is, you know, it's, it's not even that long ago that they discovered the fish that we, that we first evolved from. Right. It's, it's not, it was in Oh four, this fish walked on land with his floppy little things. <laughs> right. And then yeah. it started, started, the, you know, process begins. So, uh, the ideal movements are all going to be originated from your spine as if we were still swimming around. Okay. So yeah. the trying to pick out one movement like that is tough. Trying to pick out movements like that is tough. But if we fast forward, right, a couple, a couple million, then what we'll find is, okay, we're humans now, right? So we have all of these different um all of these different body parts that are mm-hmm. that are built over and constructed over different types of locomotion, different movement patterns, right? Because, for example, um, my dog and I, we both are vertebrates. We can mm-hmm. both hinge our hips, right? We can both squat, right? Mm-hmm. But you're not going to see him do a lateral movement. You're not going to see him do a lunge, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to mm-hmm. see him do anything like that. So that's where you start to really understand what the important movements are, right? Okay. So when we talk about vertebrates, the key movements that we're going to be looking for are all the basics. We need, we need the ability to hinge. We need the ability to squat. And then we need the ability to get into an all fours position. That would be the deepest core of movements. On top of that, right, so it's got a wrap 
On top of that, we now have your lunges, your lateral lunges, right? And then we're going to have your gait cycle. So everything that's done on two feet, by, yeah. uh, I'm sorry, everything that's done on one foot, I'm sorry, unilateral. Okay. Yeah, we yeah. go from bilateral or quad to unilateral. And being able to understand which base you need to be using and when, and then how to use that base, that's, yeah. that's the key principle. So you want to be able to get from bilateral to unilateral movement so that your movements can shift from square and aligned, right? Like robot boop, boop, mm-hmm. to rotational. All right. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to get from linear physics to angular physics. You don't want to be caught in, in linear physics, right? If you, if you go traditional weightlifting route, you don't have these little bits of rotational intention at right. the very ends of your range of motion. Yeah. Right? You don't have these little bits of, you think about a role in jujitsu, right? What percentage of your, of that round is spent square? Yeah. <laughs> very, zero, very rare. Right? Yeah. Zero. Right? Exactly. Zero, zero percent. Right. When you so, start, you're looking at the person. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you get a, you get a little glimpse. Yeah. But yeah. So, so it's not that your movement patterns need to be anything that, that, that solid. You need to have a base. Yeah. You need to have a four-legged base, a two-legged base, a one-legged base, and you're good. Mm. And that once you build to that ability, the tissue, the changes in your tissue, when you layer that ability properly, are astounding. Yeah. They're they're able to rest at a proper length. They're not going to be, you know, it's really hard to over-contract them. It's really hard to get them pulled or torn in a direction just yep. because of that resting that resting tensegrity is, is the proper word. Their, their tensegrity is such a nice weave that they're breathing well, breathing mm. well. What happens when, when we go the traditional weightlifting route for a while is that tensegrity gets a little bit short. It's a little bit short. And we're talking, you know, millimeters probably. Yeah. We're talking millimeters. But in a game of millimeters, that's a significant that's- it's a full wow. tear or a partial tear and then or something like that. I mean that's yeah, shit. What I would I would love to have had a partial tear in my pack right now. <laughs> Cuz I can work exactly. through that. Like it's Exactly. It's little stuff like that that I'm I'm all about it and it what keeps coming through my mind as you're saying this is cuz I'm I agree with you. I agree with everything and then like thinking I'm like, man, it just sucks that we've built up such a sex appeal for that for that physique that's cut from the bodybuilding because i'm like i still want that <laughs> and it's not saying you can't get it from that it's just not as is this funny? you know <laughs> that's that's where the head goes right that's where the head goes so it's the ego actually, it's the ego it's, it's your ego yeah. talking exactly but, but i so in the iso program i actually honor that i actually respect that yeah i don't i don't skip over that and i don't try and fight that i don't i don't ever tell people that something is bad i don't you know people mm, tell me for sure you, you must hate weightlifting then i go no what no yeah. it's an extremely useful tool when it's, yeah it's, it's you know it's 80 to 90 percent of the range it's it's that 10 percent that, yep. that you're not getting that is the difference you know when you're when you're really talking about it but the the ego and the aesthetic portion i mm-hmm. never sacrificed that i also yeah. want to have sex appeal i also want to be <laughs> you know what why did i get into fitness in the first place right? exactly i want yeah. to look good that's yeah. it's, it is as shallow as shallow gets i why do i continue to do it i want to continue to look good I have no no um, issue with the ego portion of things. However, what happens when you drive through the ego is where you run into an increased percentage chance for issues. So yes, the aesthetics can be there. The aesthetics can be there. Um, the issue is that most people aren't willing to put in the time or work or attention to be able to hit those aesthetic portions and still function well. That's yeah. that's where people run into an issue. Yeah. So, like I like I kind of mentioned earlier, I kind of want to know about the whole club thing. What's up with the and maybe explain it for people who are listening because it's kind of hard. it's literally a club though. I mean, like what? Yeah, explain it. <laughs> so, so which are you talking specifically the shorter club? Um, I guess I didn't know that there was differences. <laughs> the one that it has like a it, ball on the yeah, end. Yeah, that's yeah. Um, I, you do like punching hurt. with it and yes. like swing it around your back and yeah. So that is called the RMT club. That is a piece of equipment by David Weck and the Weck method. Uh, they're over in San Diego 
And that is the number one tool on the market to own, period, for anyone at any level. Um, definitely for anyone anyone that performs, um, you know, jiu-jitsu is not no-brainer. So the RMT Club is a – it comes between two to eight pounds, right? You cannot – you literally can't get one above eight pounds, and I don't work out with, with above four. Right, and I've been at it for five years. So, yeah. <laughs> so that that goes to tell so you how heavy pounds. that four pounds. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> That's it. I my my ego self started with the six and was immediately immediately humbled. <laughs> yeah. I, and I have never touched it. I've literally not not touched the six. I gave it away. <laughs> I, yeah. I gave it away. So, um, that RMT club is a. It's got a plastic handle. Right. Mm-hmm. It's angled in a way that it makes it very easy to create what's called rotational intent with your hand. Okay. And then that bulb, what you see at the top, is uh, made it's made of a rubber, right? And then that bulb is air filled. Within mm. that, there's a core that's filled with with beads, with shot actually, like ah. shot metal. Okay. Right. So yeah, yeah. the beads are where the weight comes from. And then you get a shifting effect, yep, a an audible feedback, right, and then an increased performance uh, measure. Where if you're stopping or decelerating, you not only have to decelerate the momentum of the club, but then the shifting mass. Which right. again, when you talk about that last ten percent, where your real money is made, that's incredibly crucial. That yes. little bit of extra pop that you get out of mm-hmm. that is where is the difference right we talk about yeah, millimeter that, those millimeters if you're that's, throwing a punch it's that last yeah exactly it's that exa- right it's the, it's the make or break points where when it gets down to the nitty-gritty yeah. so that rmt club allows you to perform every aspect of movement that you can think of all right you can you can stretch with it you can strengthen with it you can condition with it you can slam you can chop you can throw you can uh punch you can perform all the fundamental movements. You can run, mm. right? You can simulate running um, target musculature. It, it's it's such a crucial part of my of the inside out movement systems. Yeah. Um, the second and third layers, the second and third layers of of training. You have to be able to apply your movement, your square movement patterns to a rotational context. If you can't get that application, the body will not be optimized for performance. It just is not prepared, right? So that's that uh, step stage right there is, is what I call general athletic prep, right? When you can take your movement, keep it optimal from a function standpoint yeah. into rotation or unilateral movement, that's when I check off, okay, Vince is now general athletic prep i know that you can go to jujitsu with a very 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 small chance of a uh an injury that you could do anything about right yeah the the uh i used to pull pull strain sprain mm-hmm. tissues all the time all yep. the time uh, yep. just you know every time i did something anymore it's it's a struggle to find a way to strain my tissue yeah uh, i'm able to sprint on trails now i i also love to trail run I'm able to sprint on trails. I'm able awesome. to like the the angle. You still find like you'll hit an angle. You're like, I'll keep running. I'll be like, wait, yeah. that was supposed to hurt. Yeah, <laughs> like that should have done something. <laughs> right, that that was supposed to hurt, and I'm but I, but I'm good. Um, and it's that that you know it's because at one point in my life that would have hurt. So I learned, <laughs> I yep. learned that beha- that behavior should yield pain, and it doesn't. Um, look at jujitsu. Look at an ankle lock. Right? Mm-hmm. Does it hurt because in the in the crank itself? Yes. Yeah. Am I able to sit there and maintain it without any damage to my bones or tissues? Also, yes. Yeah. All right. So it's a huge advantage from that side of things, as from the pain management side of things as well. Yeah. Not just the performance. All right. And that tool is crucial in developing that that duality where I can focus on my longevity and my staying power. Out. Not only have I I thought that it would just be like not sacrificing my performance or aesthetics. Mm-hmm. It, it, it actually went the complete other way. It, everything improved together. Yep. It was, it was unbelievable actually. So that club is, is a huge, big props to David Weck for that one. That's, that's an amazing piece. Absolutely suggested for you and your brother. Yeah, no, 100%. that's, that's good to know. And actually 
I, if you can in, send me like a link for it that I want to include totally. in the show notes for people to, to know, to get totally. that as well. That's right in my Instagram bio. If you use that one, yeah. I think you get 15% off of whatever it is. Cool. No, that's, that's awesome. Cause I'm, I'm going to definitely get one of those, especially since I'm getting that, or I'm going to be getting surgery here soon and then going to need some recovery. I feel like that'll be a good tool once I'm, once I'm sewn back up and, and healthy. If you'd like to, if you'd like to, well, I'll use you as one of the case studies for, I always, I always have myself and my staff running case studies a couple times a year. Yeah. So that list we're actually compiling that list right now. So you're interested more than i would love that i would absolutely love that thank you for the offer so so i do want to switch a little bit shift the gears just just slightly keep it on the same on same topic though but so that i feel like is like the physics aspect of it now i let's talk about the chemistry aspect of it and to me this is the the tea the herbs the food intake that you that you're um enjoying and fueling yourself with where do you see this kind of merge this, these two worlds kind of blend and merge and how do they form a synchronicity oh so actually i wouldn't even call it a merger i would say that the chemistry aspect is is more important is, is far more valuable mm. right okay. because what what i call your environmental checklist right yeah your internal environment is is ultimately going to control how far you can take your body Right. So there's four aspects to the internal environment. There's going to be your sleep, your food, your water and your movement. Right. So those four aspects, if those four things are improving, I've never seen someone unable to to use their body. Mm. So that is where chemistry comes in big time. Right. So let's just talk available nutrients. Let's keep it really simple. Yeah. What nutrients do you have available? What are the raw materials that you have in here to work as you as you go to do any activity right no one likes yeah. to think about how many millions of different things happen just to move my finger from here to here <laughs> right okay? yeah no one no one likes to think about this stuff yeah. why it's hard so um when we talk about the chemistry aspect of things and we talk about you know do you have do you have oxygen available do you have hydrogen ions available how you can go even more granular with it do you do you have the the basic atomic structures available to mm-hmm. to make to make things move right do you have yeah. ions moving <laughs> so you can go as granular as you'd like and yeah. the deeper i dive the deeper i dive inside the more i realize it reflects on the outside in the, in the bigger view yeah so the deep chemistry concepts are actually where i went first because i understood i was like wait a second mm. If my food isn't right, there's there's a zero percent chance my movement's going to be good in any training session. There's I can't. It's impossible because the things that are on the inside being broken down to the deepest possible levels and then pumped through my blood and into these tissues, if they're not even good, then my movements aren't going to be good. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what workout I do; it's subpar. And that's where the chemistry begins. So you talk about. Are you hydrated? That's the, you know, everyone understands that one for the, (laughs) (laughs) everyone understands that one. Not going to make it too long without it. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. That's, that's a, that's one in itself. And then there's the um, nutrition side of things, which is going to be the ability for your body to ultimately break down whatever type of molecules you're putting into it to the finest possible degree. And then how well does it absorb through intestinal linings and so on and so forth. So I love food chemistry. I love organic chemistry. Um, mm-hmm. I, my, my heart is in biology, honestly. That's my, that's my, uh, I, I'm a cycle driven individual. I, I pay attention to patterns and cycles. Yeah. Right? So the heavy thinking in chemistry, it keeps, turns me off slightly, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> through, through the years, the importance of it just kind of takes over. Yeah. yeah. I'd say chemistry is actually, it's not, it's not at all a marriage. It's, it's very much governing factor where if it's not, if chemistry is not being appreciated, you will not reach any type of peak at all. Yeah. And I've, and that I agree. I mean, that's why I took up the chemical engineering route and that's why I chose to go the chemistry route was just, I saw the value. I saw that literally it's the foundation of everything mm-hmm. you, you have, or especially organic chemistry. I was fascinated by it. And fortunately when I was studying it, biochem, I was not, I didn't like it. It didn't make sense to me. 
now I love it because right. I like I like the nutrients for that you get from tea and different herbs and how they interact with the body. Um, and which I did want to ask, what is your I guess overall like tea experience, herbal experience? What's what's that like in your life? That's that's a great question. The the earliest experiences I would say were more scarring than anything. Oh, um, no. <laughs> as, as, oh yeah, as I told you, my mom was. Uh, always in the fitness industry. She yep. was, she was, you know, yoga before yoga was a thing. She was eating yep. algae smoothies before. So, so I, yeah. she was heavy entities, right? Yes. And I had the pleasure <laughs> of, of testing all these yep. different types of teas before I yep. developed the appreciation and understanding mm-hmm. for how good tea really can be for you. So the first experiences were quite scarring. So yeah. that, that's that's got to come up because any specific herb or like tea oh, that you remember that, that, that I can remember really, yeah, that like really scarred you. Or... <laughs> um, it would it would have been the heavy like like the gray the gray teas were were just my nightmare. Like, like an Earl Grey the, type the, tea. The the Earl Greys were my absolute nightmare. I would pray pray that she would she would pull out chamomile i would just um <laughs> and, and if not anything more floral and fruity but um no i, I could not do the real heavy earthy tea okay and yeah. that was that was where it got got a little a little, a little dicey for me and i was like right, yeah. i think i'm gonna lay off the tea for a while okay and then you know literally 20 years later i started again <laughs> yeah that was that <laughs> So, 20 years later yes yeah, so anymore now, my relationship with tea is yes. quite healthy um so i'm a big fan of of starting my day off with something that is that is more room temperature or or edging towards hot right instead of instead of going super hot yeah. and the first so actually the first thing in my in my system is bone broth normally First thing is nice homemade, yep. yeah. The num- number one. Um, the, after I get that base base going, that's when I start to crack into the coffees or teas. All right. So, as as I said, he, uh, my relationship with tea was so bad up front that that's where the addiction to coffee began. That's where yeah. everything begins. Right. I was like, okay, this is great. I'm gonna be this a coffee person. Go back yeah. to ego and identity. I'm like, this is normal. Mm-hmm. I, this is it. Society accept this. I'm going. <laughs> let's, <laughs> yeah. let's go. So um, the the initial use of teas was for healing purposes for me, right? Like I said, burning the candle on both ends. My throat demolished. My my guts demolished. So I would use teas to heal, right? It and then eventually. That, yeah like everyone, I smarten up a little bit and I go, Oh wait, if the tea heals me when I'm in this crappy state, <laughs> what if I do it when I'm not in this crappy <laughs> state? And that's about yeah. where I'm at now. So that's, that's where I'm like, okay, uh, I need someone to help me understand this a little bit because I, I don't, I don't, firstly, I'm not going to take the time to study it right now. I have tons of, <laughs> tons of things to be looking yeah. into and yeah. I need, uh, um, I need someone, I need to just set up and start going. Right. So what am I experimenting with at this point? I'm running everything from green tea, green teas to the Earl Grey's are now back in my life with a little bit of lemon. And then I love myself black English teas. I love, um, my, my fiance is actually, they're all Eastern European. They're Russians, Ukrainians. Okay. So yep. huge tea influence at this point, and I'm a huge, yep. huge fan. I'm way bought in on um, how good I feel drinking a tea versus drinking a coffee. They're, they're, it's night and day. There's no yep. comparison at all. The yep. the health effects are are tangible, and I'm such a skeptical person that I need that tangible feel in order to believe something. And right. then I need to be, you know, smacked in the face with it a couple times after that. And then I'll start making <laughs> behavioral changes. Um, yeah. So what happens is I'll start making behavioral changes and things go well. And then life, when I get stressed, just like any time, I go back to old patterns, right? Yeah. Which I go right into co- right back into coffee addiction, right back into over over relying and uh, and 
just I, I don't even understand what I'm doing to myself, which is super ignorant um, and the opposite of of the way I like to the standard I like to hold for myself and others. That's that's being ignorant towards what something I can control. Yeah. Right? Like we said, you know, I'm going to ask myself, is there anything I can do better? That's a huge hole, huge hole in my game. I need to be, better understand and, and take more ownership over some of the liquids I'm ingesting on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. That's where yep. that's where you come in. <laughs> that's where I come in. That's exactly. where you come yeah. In. No, and right. that's so like like you said, and it, and it's unfortunate that it took you so long, like that you were so scarred at the beginning. Because what I tell people, most people, they have a quote unquote traumatic experience with tea. And it's usually an overbrewed, oversteeped, shitty tea bag. Maybe not like you. It sounds like your mom actually knew what she was doing, probably. And like it just didn't work out for you, probably. But no just because when you're a kid, I mean, things just your your palate's not as well defined. You don't have the actual appreciation of what you're putting into your body. You're just like, does this taste good? Does it not taste good? It doesn't taste good. It's yeah, get it out of my life. So they like taking like now just working with those first of all like i said i i always see that there is a tea for everybody just because it fascinates me that tea all comes from the same plant like black tea green tea white tea oolong pu'er uh these all come from the same plant and then it just is the processing that creates there you go the different the different flavors and i'm already learning and you're already learning. See, <laughs> exactly. And, uh, I had no idea. I had no. I had no idea. W- yeah. What is this plant? It's uh, called Camellia sinensis. So there's two types of Camellia sinensis plants. There's a sinensis plant, and then there's a samica, um, which I might have just pronounced that wrong. But the basic differences is sinensis actually has smaller leaves, and the asamica has uh, larger leaves. And you get a lot of black teas. Um, so if you've ever seen a black tea that says Assam on it, that's an Assamica. It's A-S-S-O-A-M. And then, but primarily, Camellia sinensis is the major player in all teas that you drink. And then after it's harvested, yeah, it's post-processing that affects primarily what whether you'll get a green tea versus like a black tea, per se. Um okay. And then, of course, you have the whole world of the herbal blends, which herbal blends are are separate. So chamomile is chamomile. It has nothing to do with um, Camellia sinensis. And so you get snobs within the tea world who, if you if they heard you call Camellia or chamomile tea, uh, tea, yeah, they're like, hold up, that's not right. <laughs> and like they'll like for apologies. me, tea, apologies. <laughs> no, well, yeah, apologies to anyone listening, but. To me, tea is basically, it's just whatever, if you steep something into water, make like a, yeah, it's going to be tea in my opinion. Um, But it's just, it's good to know. And I always find it fascinating because I was, I was shook when I found out that all tea came from the same plant. Like it it blew my mind. Well, dude, this goes back to another, another great chemistry concept that not many understand is that. Uh, you know, 96% being generous, 96% of everything we see is made up of the same four things, yeah. the same four elements that run, yeah. that run everything. And uh, yeah. it's like, we don't give enough credit to that very simple fact that so much of, of everything that we know is the same backbone. It's the same, it's the same backbone. Yeah. And, and it's the same with movements, right? It's the same yeah. thing. That's why no specific movement's going to help you get better. It's all of them. It's, you need to get better at the backbone. Yep, that's really cool. That's really nice to understand. Yeah, could I could I ask you a question about about? Of course. Um, yeah. So so one thing one thing I would like to or you know there's always the the base layer of knowledge that you get with the simple Google, yep. which I'm sure you can go deeper than. So I would really appreciate that. Uh, so one thing that is very quite simple is when to drink what types of tea and if there is specific times during the day that that whatever that post-processing period is is better yeah and so one i always tell people to experiment them like with their own bodies and because it's not there's no standard as i'm sure sure for you with like the movements and everything there's no standard for like there's you can pick up on a few things here and there but 
for the most part, everybody's going to react a little bit differently. So if we're talking just like the true teas, like green tea versus black tea, pu'er, um, oolong, Mm -hmm. white tea, I personally, like there, it depends on your caffeine intake and how you react to the caffeine. So there are some teas that are higher in caffeine and there's a common misconception that black tea has more caffeine than uh, green tea. And so people typically go for a green tea in the afternoon versus a black tea in the morning. Um, but you look at matcha, which is a green tea powder that actually has a lot of caffeine and something I personally can't drink in the afternoon and mostly just because of the, the caffeine. And I'll just be a little antsy when it gets towards bedtime. Um, but when it comes to actual, like chemically speaking of, of when you should be drinking tea, I love tea. And again, this is more anecdotally. Um, from what I've uh, from what I feel, as well as a little bit, just from what I've heard for digestive digestive purposes, like about like thirty minutes after a meal, I love tea. It's mm-hmm. it just feels like it like relaxes all the digestive hundred um, percent yeah just systems and actually helps you digest properly. Uh, one tea specifically, which you would probably not enjoy, maybe now. But it's a very, very earthy, uh, dark bowl. A- anymore, I like them all. <laughs> okay, I, I perfect. Like, I, once I felt the health benefits, because it, right, once once my longevity switch was made, yep, the taste of anything doesn't matter. I could I yes. could not care about that. Yep. So th- this, but this was that what you just mentioned that no. digestive help was, no, yeah, was probably so, the most tangible feeling yeah. and see that I've I've had. Yes, and so one actually, I made a, a funny TikTok about it because people. They, a lot of people drink coffee and they say like they can't go poop without their coffee in the morning. And I'm like, and I was just sitting there and one day and I was drinking what's called pu'er tea. Um, so it's a fermented black tea. And yeah, just the name is funny. And, I see where you go. But it's since it's a fermented black tea, it actually acts kind of like a kombucha or a kimchi or a sauerkraut type thing does. And it actually helps build the gut microbiome and it helps that digestive tract more so than a typical tea like a typical green tea or black tea would and so pu'er makes me personally like when i drink it it's pretty much 30 minutes afterwards i'm going to be in guaranteed. the bathroom yeah guaranteed, <laughs> guaranteed. In. and so i'm like for people looking to switch from coffee to something else alternative but they're afraid their bowel movements aren't going to work try pu'er because trust me it works. And I drink like, I mean, I'm at the point where I drink multiple pots of tea a day. It's probably a little bit of an addiction. But the nice thing is when I don't drink tea, no, I have no bad feelings. Like, it's like I don't need it. So I know it's not a true addiction. I just, I love it so much. And when I am drinking it, it's, there's a sense of euphoria. Um, now, I would... I've tried, so I fast a lot as well. And green tea while I fast is not always the best. Um, It actually causes a little bit of gut irritation that gives me headaches. So I've switched again to that pu'er tea when I'm fasting. I feel great. So Mm. pu'er has become one of my personal favorites because I've noticeably felt the health benefits behind it. Um, Versus, and green tea's been been was the originator of what started me on my tea journey. So there's, I love green tea for that reason. Black tea is just to me, it's like, meh. It's good. It's good. Like when I'm craving something sweet or something that, like, if I'm craving like chocolate, totally. I'll go towards like a black tea because for some reason something there does that for me. <laughs> it, it just, I, I agree with that one. I have a sweet tooth myself, and mm-hmm. and I tend to like the black teas the most from a desserty standpoint. Yeah, now and I don't add any sugar nor uh, or milk or anything. So, um, and I'm not like people do. And I've I, the first time I did it was when I was traveling in Ireland, and everyone was doing it. So I'm like, oh yeah, like I'll I'll try it. That seems to be the traditional way here, and I loved it. It was fantastic out there. But eh, I don't. I'm not a big fan of of milk and dairy products too much i like cheese (laughs) a little little too much (laughs) yeah but um yeah when it comes to like timing uh it's weird too i can drink some teas that have caffeine like lower caffeines 
kind of all day, even into the night, into the evening, but predominantly right after meals, um, or if instead of a snack, like I'll brew a pot of tea and then I'll just have that there. That'll be my snack. So I'm not just like snacking on chips or something else that's going to throw me off and make me make my blood sugar crash and make me feel like shit later. So totally that's, that's a huge yeah, when I when I'm on right when mm-hmm. my when my internal environment's hitting well, that's I I love utilizing a hot drink for that yep. exact purpose. It's it's been so helpful. Yeah, so helpful to me. The the one thing I would say, and I mean, we could talk for hours when it comes to like herbal teas. That's in regards to like the again the the quote unquote true teas. When it comes to herbalism, this like I said, this conversation will be another three hours because right. each herb has a specific role that it can work with you or that you work with. So there are some herbs that I specifically I drink at night because they genuinely make me super sleepy. Like if it's like if I need to just unwind, like sometimes like after jujitsu, like I train at night. And yeah. my, my <laughs> adrenaline's up. Like I'm, I'm, I'm wired. You're, I'm ready to go. Awake, right? Yeah, I'm staying awake. And so it's like I don't want to. Like I hate melatonin. I, I don't like taking really anything else. So it's like I'll brew a nice big pot of like valerian root or kava, mm. and that knocks me out almost like instantly. Sure. So that's that. That's a funny one right there. Great, another chemistry piece. Uh, you know, where people are like, oh, well, you know, you're, you're working out really hard late, so you'll, you'll fall right asleep. No, nope. <laughs> that's not how that works. <laughs> nope. It's the, actually the opposite. <laughs> that's not how that works. No. And do you know Dr. Andrew Huberman? <sighs> on Instagram? Uh, he's on Instagram as Huberman Labs, I think. And no, I don't um, think I do. he has a podcast. I've heard him on other podcasts as well. I, I feel like you would find him. Um, very, very fascinating, very interesting, but he's, he's big into, he's a sleep doctor. Like that's predominantly, he's, uh, he's a neurologist as well as like predominantly focuses on sleep as well as just overall body function. Yes. I know. And I know this is, yeah. So he's big on timing workouts Mm -hmm. so that you get the cortisol spike. And then by the evening, like 12 hours later or so you're able to go to sleep. Absolutely. This is, this is super, super valuable information. Very yeah. valuable information. Yeah. So that's, that's a huge one. Learning those cycles, learning mm-hmm. those patterns, learning the subtleties of individual, you know, how, how you all respond, how every individual responds. That's huge. Mm-hmm. I, I utilize that heavily, heavily in my, my own training and others. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, so it's, it's important. It can be challenging though, for people's schedules, like my schedule is changing constantly throughout like day to day. I don't have a normal schedule. Um, yeah, so, it get tough. so it gets tough. Like one of the first things he, he mentions to do to get like, he's like, you're every day you will have a cortisol spike. He's like, you get to dictate when you have it though. And so he's, he's big on first thing in the morning before he does anything is he gets up, he drags himself out of bed he has a dog, so he takes his dog for a walk and gets natural light to the eyes. So natural light to the eyes will boost that cortisol right away and get you ready for the day. Because he's like, whenever you have that cortisol spike, I think, I, I don't think it's 12 hours. It might be 12 hours afterwards, you will come down and get your body's yep. getting ready for sleep. I, I and, cannot turn on my lights. In the morning, yeah. I will not turn on an unnatural light. I'll use the the red lights. I don't know if you ever seen me put up the the red I'm light not. videos. No, I use I use red lights in the house. I have one that's handheld. Yeah, and I literally use it like a flashlight. Like literally, because I'm a, I'm up I'm up very very early, so it's just, yeah, it's dark. And uh, yeah, absolutely, I get the I get it completely messes up the cycle of my day if I have to go. Uh, if i if that if i mistime those cycles it's yeah it's a nightmare yeah yeah it, it really is and so i've been really trying to hone in on those and like i said it's it's really hard for people who have variable schedules and who especially mm-hmm. now living up in minnesota the sun doesn't i get up early too and the sun doesn't rise until like seven thirty, eight o'clock almost mm-hmm. and it's going to get worse as the winter goes on so I'm like, I'm debating. I think I'm going to buy like a natural light, like 
just for my inside, like a UV light for the inside, just so I can get that boost when I get up and then, yeah. And then go from there. But, um, yeah, like, and so like when it comes to like the herbalism side of things, there are herbs that can help with these things like ashwagandha. It sounds like, it sounds like what we got going here. So we don't go too long because we're at this point, we're basically, we're going to pick a direction and go with it. It sounds like (laughs) we just kind of set up our next couple conversations. If this serves as an introduction um, and it should roll us right into these natural questions. Cause now I just have nothing but questions for you based on specifics, Mm. which are probably much deeper conversations. So these kind of questions could just guide the next conversations, which I'd be more than happy to to run this, to cut this here to keep us from going on and on. And then we go into those, these specifics. I would, because this is the juice I want to get into. This is, this is exactly, and I don't want you to cut the answer short. I don't want a short answer. I don't want, I don't want, I want the the nitty gritty from the chemistry aspects all the way out you know, uh, we, it, yeah. if, you're, if you're willing to and think of it in the same way, I would like it to go from the chemistry aspect all the way through to the ego aspect. I would like the full mm. spectrum um, to understand it fully. Yeah, Connor, I think you just opened up a can of worms for us that I'm very happy about. Um, so then I think this is a beautiful place to to kind of wrap things up. So let's or Excellent. please tell people where they can go to find more about your work and about the uh, Inside Out Movement Systems. Absolutely. So Inside Out Movement Systems or ISO, ISO movementsystems.com is going to be the place to be as far as information goes about the business. Um, the the brand itself is just now rolling out. So the Instagram is going to be super limited. Uh, my Instagram, Connor Moves, Connor underscore moves. Connor spelled C-O-N-O-R. That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> C-O-N-O-R underscore moves. Uh, that Instagram is going to be the most, the, the biggest wealth of information right now. Uh, yeah. Over the next three months, that's going to switch over to the ISO Instagram. Uh, and we're literally in mid-switch right now. So okay. this, this is where the bulk of the information will lie. Beautiful. Uh, thank you so much for... Your wealth of information, I'm excited for these conversations to more to come. Totally. I guess this is part one of who knows. So Totally. I love it. it. Until I'm happy with the routine and I am, <laughs> <laughs> I am a tough student. <laughs> oh, man, I love it. This is perfect. Well, Connor, thank for you sure, again. Bro. Everyone go check out his work and we'll talk soon. Thanks so much, Vince. Take care of yourself. Take care of that peck. Thank you. Thank you so much to Connor for that fun conversation. Check out his work at isomovementsystems.com. That's I-S-O-M-O-V-E-M-E-N-T-S-Y-S-T-E-M-S.com. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed our conversation, please share this episode with one person who may find value. When you share this episode, it helps grow the show. And that means a lot, not only just to me personally, but also it allows me to continually improve and optimize this show to have better guests and deliver more value to you. So I really appreciate everything that you do and appreciate you tuning in today. I'm so grateful for you and wish you a blessed day. Peace out, Team Egos.